Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode 89. If you're keeping track, this is season 239. I am Craig. I am Britt. And we are back for another week of random football news. Yes. It's not the draft yet, so yes. We're getting close, though. Mel Kuyper was on uh, at SportsCenter tonight releasing his third edition, his 3.0 mock draft. I mean, Don't he's probably going to have like eight of these by the time. He's never right. No. He's never right. No, no, he's not. <laughs> this guy literally sleeps in some sort of cryogenic chamber 10 months a year. They wake him up in March. <laughs> they make him do the draft. And then he's like, and he's never, he's never, his, his analysis of picks is usually really good. But he'll sit there and go, okay, they got to take Craig Matthews here. The Raiders really need a guy like Craig Matthews. We'll take Fiona the cat. What, what the hell? <laughs> you know, he's never, he's very rarely ever right on who they're going to pick, but his analysis is good when picks come in. I just, I can't listen to him predict picks because he's never right. No, no. So, hey, 89 yeah. and 39, what are those numbers for us? We, we like doing um, this Hall of Fame number thing. We do. What, what numbers did we come up with? You got the list in front of you. Uh, 39 is Larry Zonka. Nice. Doesn't get enough credit. Does not get enough credit. And funny side story, you know how much of a Mystery Science Theater fan I am. Right. There's an episode called The Final Sacrifice in which a kid is trying to find out what happened to his murdered father. Okay. And he carries a picture of his father with him. Okay. And the picture looks exactly like Larry Zonka. <laughs> Like to the point where it's a constant joke. Nice. Um, in the movie, this is why does he carry a picture of Larry Zonka? And the guy does. I, my wife was like, I have no idea who Larry Zonka is. So I pulled up the picture, I paused the video, and I pulled hey, up the picture. And she was like, Oh my god, it he is. He's Larry Zonka. So that's my funny Larry Zonka story. So that's 39. 89 was Mike Ditka. Nice. Ditka. Which he was is, on he was on Webster, right? No, that was no. <laughs> no, I know that wasn't him. No, that was uh, what's his name? Who the hell? The guy who played George Papadopoulos. Yes, I can remember the character's name, and I can't remember the actor. What the hell was the guy who played George? Look name? It up right now. But he was a retired Miami Dolphin too. That wasn't Larry Zonka either. No, it was not Larry Zonka. <laughs> oh, he was. Oh God, it's just gonna uh, drive me nuts. I who's that guy? Oh, the cat does not like when I do that. The look she just gave me. The cat is in the uh, studio. It's Alex. Alex Karras. Karras. Alex Karras. K-A-R-R-A-S. Yes. Yes. He was, that was, I actually liked that show. I still remember that Ben Vereen show. played the He's the no uncle. longer with us, though, but he was a good oh, show. Oh, Alex Karras? Yeah. I think, like, pretty much everyone on that show, except for Emmanuel Lewis, is dead. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, yeah, because Ben Vereen passed. George, uh, Alex Karras is dead. He, he, uh, he was on the, uh, Detroit Lions from 1958 to 1970. Played 12, 13 seasons. Defensive side, right? Does it say? Uh, four-time Pro Bowler. I think he was a lineman. <clears throat> Let's find out right now. He was in the NFL 1960s All-Decade Team. Yeah, I remember him being good. Uh, he also had a professional wrestling career. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. Yep. And he also um, played in the Canadian League. Huh. So I've learned something today. There you go. There's your trivia your trivia bite on Alex Karras. If you go to Trivia Night and... Ask you for because you know what it will come up if you so so let's see the the list of people who played in the NFL that had some sort of wrestling career you got flying Brian big, Pillman it's a big oh man yeah I miss him yeah you got uh Bill Goldberg right wasn't Goldberg in the NFL he was are we counting college or only NFL because if we're counting college you got to take the Rock Dwayne Johnson right. played at the University of Miami he did oh <clears throat> who else there's got to be other people who played in the NFL it's got to be a laundry list um. Stone Cold did. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin played no, in the NFL. He, he played in college. I don't know if he got drafted though. No, I don't think I don't think he did. But he played in college. He played in college. Oh, if when we're he, talking when college he here. If we're talking college players, it's going to be a laundry list. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. Let's uh let's move on. So we're tonight. What we're drinking? drinking. I am not drinking tonight. Well, Bray is drinking liquid, but he's I'm, not drinking. Adult I have beverages. vitamin water. Um, we had a lovely afternoon at Two Roads. Uh, on Sunday, and uh, just in an effort to be a little bit healthier, because Craig and I are going to a hockey game tomorrow night, so there's always a chance I'll have a beer or two there. I'm just trying to be uh, on the healthy side. But Craig, you have a yellowish can with a familiar logo. It is. Um, so this is, I know this is not one of your more favorite beers from it's not. Two Roads, but this was, I made when we were there on Sunday um, before we left, I got a mixed six-pack. Because you, you, you can do a two rows, and I haven't had this in a while, so I got a can of Little Juicy. What else did you get in the six pack? Juicy. Um, I got one of the Shop Series. Mm-hmm. I got some of the Two Juicy, and I got one of the Clementine Goes. Oh, the Clementine Goes? That goes. <laughs> goes I'm sorry. Go-Z. Sorry, Goze. Goze. A friend of ours corrected us on this. Um, hi, Jasmine. Even though you don't listen to this, we'll say send a hi to, uh, hi to you. She per- she she is. Um, she is the beer snob's beer snob um, in terms of the pronunciations and everything, but uh, we do enjoy seeing her at Two Roads, and she uh, she, uh, she did correct us at Scose. By the way, Two Roads hashtag sponsor us. And uh, yeah. a quick hi to Deb. Hi, Deb. Uh, Deb has... Also there uh, had, Sunday. Yes, Deb uh, was with us Sunday. Deb, after you guys left. So the short version is a whole bunch of us got together, and then half of them went to the new area, Area 2. Deb, her husband, and I were sitting around uh, in Area 1, or the original building, and uh, went to get another beer, and Deb was interested in trying something different. Oh, really? What yes. Did, what did she try? She tried Cruise Control, mm-hmm. which is their oh, lager. Actually, I think, did I get that one? Did you get Cruise it, Control? It was either Cruise Control or one of the shop series, because the can's almost identical. Yes. So. Yes. Um, and she was like, I don't know if I'd like it. Well, Joe was at the bar, the the, the big tall guy that, that knows this very well. And uh, she's like, can I just get just a tiny bit of it? He goes, do you want a taster or you just want to sample it? She goes, just give me a sample because I don't know if I'm going to like it. And I said, all right, and I'll take a road to ruin. And Joe comes back two minutes later, slides a full glass of lager at her and goes, there's the lager, there's the road to ruin. I'll put it on your tab. See you guys. And she stares at the glass. She looks at me and she goes, what if I don't like it? I said, well, if you don't like it, then I'll I'll, 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 I'll get you something else. I'll change it. I'll, I'll, we'll call <laughs> Joe back over and we'll just say, hey, Joe, she really just wanted a sample of it. Can, can I get her something else? He won't care. He's he, they're, they're very good to us there at Two Roads. She takes one sip and she pauses and she goes, ooh, oh, I like this. And I said, well, good. Then let's go sit down. She had, she had another one after that one. Nice. And nice. she said she likes it. So now there's two beers there. She likes the Saison and she likes Did the she- lager. I don't know. Did Deb, did you ever try the Hefweizen? Did you try that one? She's had the Hef. She does okay. not care for the Hef. All right, that's fine. That's fine. And the Cruise Control Lager. Again, we're seven minutes in. All we've done is talk about two roads. Well, hey, Hashtag sponsor us. For the love of God, send us a six-pack <laughs> a month, and we'll, we'll talk about you all the time. Um, they uh, the, the Cruise Control is now in the year-round. Oh. Do you know what got sent to the retirement oh, bin? Oh, you're going to make me sad. Unorthodox. Oh. Their Russian Imperial Stout. Is off of Are the rotation. Are they still doing the one with Sacred Heart? The, no, the... that's in the that's in the graveyard too. Oh, I, you well, know, I'm so disappointed that Cranberries one is Bog Wild. Yeah, the, I really like that one. Well, I, I was looking at their website the other day because I was trying to find out if this cruise control logger was going to be on the regular rotation, and it is. It's under year round now, and they did. They moved stuff around. Holiday Ale is no longer under seasonal. 
<gasps> Holiday Ale is now under limited release, which means they may or may not do it. You know what that means, everyone. If it does come out this year, Brit is going to go to every liquor store in Connecticut. No, no. <laughs> yeah, well, in no. this Terryville County. No, I'm just going to go to Two Roads every day for a week and buy my legal <laughs> limit of one case each and every day I go. I'm going to be able to build a house out of the cases of uh, Holiday Ale. But, I mean, just to put it in scope really quick, we will get to fair football here, folks. Really? Um, just, just to put it in, in scope, Yeah. it's um, it, Rosemary's Baby is in the seasonal rotation. Rosemary's other baby is in limited the limited release. I wonder if that means they're just not going to make as much. That's a problem too. How is that? How is that better? That means Brit is also going to get growlers. That, no, that <laughs> means that means not only am I going once a day to get my legal limit, I'm taking my wife with me so that she can buy a case so that we can get two cases per day. Brit is going to start paying people to go to two roads to buy him. I'm going to sit outside with money and say, okay, listen, a case of this is like 45 bucks. Here's here's 50 or 60 bucks. Bring me a case of this. If you bring me a case of holiday, I will pay you $60. There it is. And I'm going to sit outside like the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, counting stacks yeah, Everybody of cash, has a price. And everybody's going to pay. And that, that that's all there is to it. But um, but yeah, it was nice. It was a nice afternoon at, at Two Roads. And I think it was, it was. A, a nice, relaxing afternoon, too. Um, best wishes to Deb. She is recovering from a, a minor medical thing. So um, hopefully she is comfortable while she is listening to us talk to her today. All right. Let's talk some football. Bush. There it is. So, Craig, Craig, you know what? Wait, I'm yeah. getting ahead. You haven't even yeah. sipped and told oh, people about Little Juicy sorry, yet. Sorry. I got a so, so sidetracked. So, Little Juicy is the little brother, sister to Too Juicy. So, Too Juicy's like, was it 8.5%, 8%? Yeah, this is more of a session style. Yeah, this is um 5.2%, so it's a little lighter. But it's a New England IPA. It's made like Too Juicy is made, but with less alcohol content. So it's more of a session style, but it's a New England's Juicy. Your thoughts? It's definitely more, it's fruity, juicy, but it's definitely more grapefruit on the front end. Yes. And that's why I don't think I like it as much. Could be. Is the grapefruit is very, very present with yeah. it. Very, but very it's, present. it's light, so it's very easy drinking. That, by the way, is also a little juicy. Is also under the limited release, right? I think that's. I think it's been out now for what about two or three months, though. I think they're going to keep making it. Probably. I think it's going to. The other one the- that Farmhouse Session, no, not Farm. The they made another Session New England IPA too. Yes, that one was under limited release now as well. Yeah. Again, they update that page all the time. So they've got they've got year round, they've got seasonal, they've got limited release. They've got special edition. That's the stuff that like they make once ever or like once every three or four years. Like um the 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 framboise noir and the crake and uh the philsomic, that stuff. Uh and then they've got the stuff that's in the temporary retirement hiatus group, which I call the graveyard because right. I don't think anything. That's where Bogwild is. That's where Bogwild is. Unorthodox has joined it. I can't believe the Unorthodox. Cordis. The Accordus. I can't believe Unorthodox was that unpopular. No, actually. And also the other one too, the uh, not Road to Ruin, the one that's stronger than that one, Root of All Evil. Root of All Evil, all oh, the black I ale. Not, I could not do that. That one. was, you know what, my I old boss. I don't want to say it was horrible because people like it, but people. Well, yeah, my, my old boss Greg at the Bluefish loved Root of All Evil. That was loved it. I couldn't even tell you what it. Rye ninety five uh, is in the yeah. retirement. I didn't. That was all right. It wasn't. Uh, th- that you know what's in, you know what's yeah. in the retirement that I miss. Yeah, Henry's Farm, the double box. Really? Yeah, it was one of the oh. first specialty beers they put out. They've put it into the retirement page. Why does my phone keep going to sleep? I don't know. 
Okay. It doesn't like you. That's that's sad. It should like me. <laughs> All right. Let's talk. Let's do some burning hot take questions. Sure. So uh, you want me to give, or you want? To, what do you want to do? Um, I'll. Uh, I guess I'll give first. All right. Go ahead. Give me. Give it to me. All right. So this is a two part question, sort of. Okay. Uh, so someone retired this week. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, that would be Gronk. Oh, 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 that guy. Okay. Yeah. He plays so little the last couple of years. I thought he, he already was retired. He played tight end for the for the Patriots. Yeah. Right. Not a bad tight end, but he no, retired. Really good tight end fantasy wise. Right. And and he helped the Patriots a great deal. Yeah. Right. So my question is a two part question. Yeah. Does this greatly affect or affect the Patriots offense? The, in your opinion? Yes, but they've always found a way to work around it before. So I'll reserve judgment until I see what they do. But go on. Okay. The second part of the question is this was brought up on NFL.com between the writers. Okay. Someone posted Gronkowski is the greatest tight end ever in the NFL. No. 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 That was that was my question, what you thought of that statement. No, all right. Let's see. Off the top of my head, people I would take over Rob Gronkowski, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, another guy who was hindered by injuries, Shannon Sharp, mm-hmm. reliability was better. Um, and you know who I'll take? Oh, this is going to be really unpopular. Get ready. Here come the text messages <laughs> from, from Cinch, Cinch on this brother. one. <laughs> I would take Ben Coates. I would take Ben Coates. Don't forget, the pass-catching tight end was much of a novelty, so to speak. It wasn't – Ben Coates really changed the way teams looked at tight end. You could get like creative. Mark Bavaro. Yeah, well, Bavaro changed the way people looked at tight ends too. But Ben Coates really made it – Bavaro turned tight end from a position that was there to block and, and take away the outside catch, rusher maybe. to sometimes catch – Coach took it to, I'm going to do both, and you're never going to know based on the formation which one I'm going to do. And by the time you figure it out, either you can't get to my quarterback or I already have the ball in my hands 10 yards downfield, one or the other. So to a certain extent, much in the way that Lawrence Taylor revolutionized linebacker, and he's going to always be very high on everybody's list, not because he was the greatest pass rusher of all time, but because he changed the way linebackers rushed the quarterback you got. I got to give that to Ben Coates. So I would take Ben Coates over Rob Gronkowski. I would, and I know it's going to be very unpopular. I, when's the last time Gronkowski Gronkowski finished a season? Oh, I don't think he's ever played sixteen games. Hold on, I'm on it. All right, to I'm the internet it. because the internet knows. I'm on it. Definitely was not this year. What or, do you think? Is is I mean, or last? Year. I mean, he's the okay. guy's a Hall of Famer. Yes. No question. Yes. And he's, he's good. And he's really, he's really a fantastic. Tight end, particularly in fantasy. But I. This is the thing, like. Again, we get in this whole discussion of how do you judge someone greatest of all time? It's very difficult to do. Right. Especially with so many other players. Like personally, I would take Antonio Gates in the the prime of yeah. in the prime I'll of his tight end. Gronk. Exactly. Yeah. He's like he's and granted the you know, the Chargers were not the best team ever, but he was probably one of the best Chargers ever. 2011, by the way, was the last time that Rob Gronkowski played. Was that his games. rookie year? <laughs> uh, his second year. His dur- his durability was fantastic. His first two years, he played and all then- 16 games. I'm going to read. Okay, so 2010. Okay. Ready? Yep. I'm just going to go forward in time. This is just the number of games played. Okay. 16, yep. 16, uh-huh. 11, mm-hmm. 7, mm-hmm. 15. That was 2014. That was the year he would start a game and then like limp off. So 15 <laughs> is kind of deceptive. He played more like 10. Uh, 2015, he only missed one game. He played 15, and he started 15, so that was pretty good. But then 2016, eight starts. I'm sorry, eight games, six starts. 
2017, he bounced back 14. Last year, appeared in 13 games, only started 11. You know, he's broken. He started a total of, he played in 115 games total, and he started 100. But that is over three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons. So doing the math in my head, nine times six is 54. That's 144 eligible games. He played in 115 out of 144 games. It's a little better than three quarters of the time, isn't it? Yeah, just about. It's 30. That's well, more like 80% of the time. But yes, it's it's still not fantastic. And his numbers are good. I mean, he's got 521 catches for 7,681 yards. He eclipsed 1,000 yards four out of the nine years. Um, what's his touchdowns? 79 touchdowns is very impressive. 79 touchdowns is very impressive. And his catch rate was 68.4%. That is really, really quite impressive. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't. I can't do it. You can't do it? No, I, I, he's not. There are guys out there who are better. I'm looking at Ben Coates' numbers now. I think Ben Coates was better. Here we go. Ben Coates, pro football reference. His raw numbers can't be better, right? There's no way. Let's find out. There's no way his raw numbers can be better. Uh, catch percentage was only 35%, uh, only 5,000 yards. So, and, and it looks like about the same number of seasons. Two, six, ten seasons. Okay, so he's – and he played more games. He played in more games. Ben Coates, Wow appeared in all but two games his entire career. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. In 10 years, he paid 158 out of 160 games. That <clears throat> is really impressive. But he had fewer catches than Gronk in those 10 years. He had almost 2,000 yards less. He had 50 touchdowns. That's really quite good, but still, I I, I got to take the real... I, I just got to... I the can't. Real, so it's a real, that reliability factor. The for eyeball test just doesn't hold up. It just doesn't hold up. So, and that's going to be very unpopular. I'm going to get slammed for that. So, probably. All right, for you. Yeah. Oh, crap. Okay. Yep. The continuing saga that is Robert Kraft. <laughs> First, Robert Kraft said, I want to strike the video of me going into this place that I've actually never been, <laughs> never been there. But if there were video of me going to a spa and there were video of me receiving illegal um, stuff, stuff. I don't think it should be released to the public. I want it stricken. And the judge said, no, it's fair game. There's no real reason to strike this. So Robert Kraft the next morning went, oh, well, in that case, I want to tell everyone I'm very, very sorry. I'm innocent, but I'm very sorry for all of this. That doesn't make any sense. Then today, being Tuesday, we're recording early this week because Craig and I are going to see a hockey game tomorrow. Um, he uh, filed a motion in court to change his trial from in front of a judge to a jury trial. He's really? requesting a jury trial for really? a misdemeanor. This would be like you or me getting caught shoplifting, going in front of a judge and a judge saying, what do you want to do? I want a full jury trial. And <laughs> judge be like, okay. It's his right. It's his it right. Is. It is. It's his right. But they want a full jury trial now for something he didn't do, but he's very sorry for. And something there isn't video evidence of, but if it was, it should have been suppressed. <laughs> so, okay. on top of all of this, so it gets better. Okay. The co-owner of the Giants, yeah, the silent the guy. Or, no, the other guy? Uh, Steve Tisch. Okay. Is a friend of Robert's Crafts. Okay. And he said the apology he put forth was heartfelt 
and was a tearjerker for him. He felt so bad for Robert Kraft. Okay. Craig, do you feel bad for Robert Kraft? No, I do not. <laughs> a, you knew what you were doing. Which is, you know what? If, if he did it. If he did it. If you want to go to a spa, whatever, fine, whatever. But you got caught. So just own up to it. Well, he's only caught if there's video. Right. Which there's not. Which there's not. But, I mean, at but least. But there is. Be smart about it. Just go to Nevada, where it's legal outside of Las Vegas, and no one will care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it in Florida. Just don't do it in any other state. <laughs> like. You have the money to go to Nevada whenever you want. Just go there. <laughs> Listen, I we talked last week about the National Sports Collectors Convention. I talked a right. lot about it. You did. It's an event I like a great deal. I'm looking forward to going next year. We're already starting to make plans. I use an alias at the National. Not because I do anything illegal, but because half of the people there are trying to build up marketing databases. So I don't my, my my alias. I'm gonna divulge this now. Yeah. My alias on this trip, and if you come with us, you will be required to refer to me as this. Is Roger Cleveland, <laughs> and it's a long story that I won't bore our <laughs> listeners with as to how I became known as Roger Cleveland. But it became on the very first national when I realized all these giveaways. Everyone was trying to give away stuff or give right. away drawing stuff like that, and all it required was a name and an email address or a name and a phone number. And that's where I realized I'm not giving all these people my name and real email addresses. So I set up a Gmail account for Roger Cleveland and started <laughs> filling that in. Um, there's a great story of how I actually did win one of the drawings and they asked me my name. And I was like, my name's Roger. So, um, but that's a whole, that, that's again, a whole other thing. But again, you're Robert Kraft. You don't walk into the spy and go, hello, I'm Robert Kraft, <laughs> owner of the New England Patriots. I'm here for an appointment. Wink, wink. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You know, if you want to go to a spa, go to a spa, whatever. Put a you, damn hoodie on. Just put a little cheese. Use a different name. Put some put some sunglasses in a hoodie. Or, you can't tell me you don't have hoodies. You've got to be kidding me. Your coach lives in New England hoodies. Just with no sleeves. Yes. <laughs> or like I said, just go to Nevada. Yes. <laughs> it's that simple. You walk up to the desk in a hoodie and sunglasses and go. I have an appointment for one o'clock. The name is Gronkowski. <laughs> my name is Brady. Hell, if you want to pick on four players, yes, my name is Adam Vinatieri. Go for the people who left. Yeah, try to try to shame the people who left. My name is Matt Nagy. Uh, yeah, but no, I don't. I don't feel bad. Oh, it's 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 and the Sorry. NFL announced today that they are going to wait until the legal process is over. What would they do to pass to an, What would they do to an owner though? They'll probably find him and possibly take away draft picks. It's the same thing they did for Deflategate. Same thing for, when he when Deflategate came out. Part of the punishment was against Robert Kraft for the things that he said and supposedly not monitoring it, and they cost him draft picks. They find him and they cost him draft picks. They find him because he opened his mouth and they took him draft picks away from him for for failure to for probably conduct detrimental to the league or some BS, whatever it was. Right. But that's. Uh, so, all right, third question to you. Believe it or not, we're almost halfway through this episode. We've, That's oh, we're amazing, not even through it? burning hot takes. Um, what do you got for me to finish up? So my next question is also involving tight ends. Jared Cook. The only tight end, not the best, no. the only <laughs> tight end on the free agent market. Um, is is he officially signed with the Saints? Uh, but, I believe he but is. But my question is, A, well, does this improve the Saints? 
And does it improve his fantasy value as a tight end? It improves his fantasy value because he had very little to no fantasy value with uh, with um, right. The last the year was a career year for him, but overall, yeah, no. Yeah, but to be, that's the thing. It was a career year, and you couldn't you couldn't hear a peep out of him. What was he tight end number eight? Yeah, number six. Gronk only played thirteen games, and I guarantee you, he outpointed Jared Cook. Guarantee it. Um. It's good for him, but again, I am not sold that the jet, the Jets, that the <laughs> Saints will use him properly. Mm-hmm. The Saints essentially ended the career of Jimmy Graham. They did. He was a lot better before he got hurt, and he was way better in Seattle's scheme. I don't and know. Green Bay. Well, and Green Bay is better. Green Bay is better, um, but I just don't know if the Saints are going to utilize him. So many offensive weapons there. Well, Ingram's gone now, but still. I don't know that they're going to use him right. So I'm so does it? No. Well, this has improved the Saints. I mean, it gives Drew Brees another target. Yeah, but Ben Watson was a target too, and I never used him. That's true, but he I did just... drop passes a lot. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he, he drops a lot. <laughs> but I mean, Jared Cook ain't exactly got glue on his hands. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He's better than Tyler Eifert. Well, because he plays because more than not, Tyler Eifert. Because he, he didn't have three back surgeries. Well, that's it. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's to gotta play the game, you know, in order for that to happen. So, I mean, that's that's like saying you're better than Tyler Eifert right now. You're a lot healthier. I mean, and we're old men. We're yeah. still in better shape than Tyler Eifert right now. I'm fat, and I'm in better shape than Tyler Eifert right now. But And, and did he resign with Cincy? A year. <sighs> One he's year. He's got to stay healthy this year. And what? They, but they gave... Izuma three years. So this is so Eifert's so one of two things one of three things is true. Okay. Either Eifert's gonna come out and light the world on fire and be a top five in fantasy. Right. He's going to hurt himself and, and end up retiring at the end of the season. Or number three, he's gonna go out there and he's not gonna get enough playing time, or he's gonna stink and he's this is gonna be his last year. So does that make him flyer capable? I mean, tight end maybe thinner and thinner. Uh. I mean, maybe I don't know how their offense is going to be with you know the right. new coaching the, staff. So off the top of your head, top five tight ends in fantasy next year, All, it, it, preseason ranking. Well, Kelsey, wow. Kelsey, Kelsey, Jared Cook, maybe, maybe Jared Cook. Okay, Gronk is gone. Gronk's gone. Man, I need to see, actually see a tight end list. All right, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're doing this on the fly. We're doing it live. We'll do it live. All right, CBS Fantasy. I'm going to look at the yep. folks who finished top five this year, and we'll, we'll okay. talk about All them. All right. I love the fact that I can do this. If I go to my my page and I can look at player stats and I can say, show me tight ends, show me year to date, and show me all. Okay. Travis Kelsey was number one in total points. This is in our in our, our home league. Oh, right. Number two was Ertz. Ertz, you okay. got Okay. Yes. George Kittle was number three. Oh, George Kittle. I think George Kittle's going to have a big role next year. So I'll take him. I'll take him in the top five. All right. Eric Ebron. D- yeah. Oh, there's Jared Cook. There's Jared Cook at five. It was four. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ebron, then Cook. Cook. All right. Six the- was Gronk, so Gronk did not have as many points. Well, who's the top Jared ten? Cook. What are the next four? Okay, so six. Seven was Austin Hooper. There's There <laughs> oh, it is. There's your Mendoza line. <laughs> there it is. All right. Who's if the next- you were below this line, you were bad in 2018. <laughs> All right, so who is it? Kyle Rudolph. No. Uh- Trey Burton, yeah. David and Joku. Oh my God, <laughs> David Brits. and Joku. I hate David and Joku with a passion that will never. I 
was so big on him during you the preseason. Were a lot. And then he stunk, a and lot. I caught him, and he had his two best games of the year the week <laughs> after I caught him. Brady is now triggered. <laughs> oh, my God. I was I saw, and, and John picked him up. John cruised all the way to the Super Bowl. He did. With David and Joku at tight end. Oh, my God. And then John's team decided not to play. All right, keep it going. Jimmy Graham, Vince nah. Vance McDonald, Evan nah. Ingram, Jordan nah. Reed, nah. O.J. Howard, nah. um, Andrews, Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon, I did. Oh, Chris that Herndon, was good. I think Chris Herndon is going to move up. He was a fall. He was, okay, so. Chris Herndon is definitely going to be top 10. Okay, so we agree that these are all people we would take ahead of, um, who, who are we talking about? <laughs> How do we? How do we get? Here? Oh, Tyler Eifert. <laughs> Tyler okay, Eifert. All people. All right, so this is. So you tell me where where the line is. You would not. You would if you had to choose between this person and Tyler Eifert. Okay. You would take this. You would, you would let me know when we take Eifert. All right. Kelsey. Nope. Ertz. Nope. Kittle. Mm-hmm. Ebron. Mm-hmm. Cook. Mm-hmm. Skipping Gronk because he retired. Right. I would still take Hooper over yes, Eifert. Definitely. I probably would still take Rudolph over Eifert if he's not injured. Yes. Right. I would take Trey Burton over Eifert. Yep. I take David and Joku over Eifert. I think Joku's <laughs> not broken. And I hate this. I hate what I'm about to say. He's going to be really good this year. They got better. They've gotten they better. They I, are going to be better. I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But I think Joku's a top 10 tight end again. Yes. I mean, he was what on this list? Like number eight or number nine? And they were bad. Right. So this year, he's got to be definitely. Uh, Jimmy Graham? Yeah. Vance McDonald? Oh, there we're getting the gray area. Maybe Evan Ingram. I think Ingram's going to bounce back, so I'll still take Ingram. Jordan Reed doesn't play enough. I'm not going to count him. Here it is. O.J. Howard. I'll take Tyler Eifert <laughs> over O.J. Howard. Howard. I'll take the flyer there. Although Herndon is up here. Herndon, I, in my opinion, right now, in pre, you know, before any drafts or anything, Herndon's going to be a top 10 yeah. tight end next year. Yeah. Next season, not next year. I'm looking at names on here that disappointed. Um, yeah, with Bell Bell's signing, I think that's going to open up a lot of passing, and I think Herndon's going to have a good year. Jack Doyle had a really terrible year. Uh, Ed Dixon had a really – Virgil Green had a terrible year. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James O'Shaughnessy, there was a Who? period of time – Well, there was a period of time at Jacksonville where he thought he was going to be really involved, and it just never happened. Where would you put Kittle, though? Oh, Kittle's you, top five. You would take Kittle over, I've heard. I would take – I probably would take Kittle – if I'm speculating, yeah, he's probably third or fourth on this list. I'm probably taking Kelsey. I'm definitely taking Kelsey or Ertz. Then the question is Ebron Cook. I probably take Kittle over both of them. I'm tired of wait waiting on Eric Ebron. I'm tired of You're it. Done with it. I I'm but that's the worst thing. I'm gonna say I'm done with it. I'm really not. I there's a chance I'll draft Eric Ebron because I always wait on tight end. Yep. Always wait on tight end because Man. I am the king of finding the sleeper tight ends. And this year I thought I found it when I had Njoku. And then, of course, it didn't happen. And you I said, dropped him. I dropped him, picked up Chris Herndon, who was better. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. He had some really, really good games. And I did actually start him that week. He was really, really good. He had some like seven catches for like a like 100 yards and like one touchdown. That was the week I And I used him at DFS. Oh, my God. I think he was like 2,200 <laughs> on DraftKings. And using him allowed me to use like Mark Ingram and Alvin yes. Kamara. So it worked oh, out. Epically. But, yes. So I, what, what was what were we talking Tyler, about? Tyler Eifert. Yeah. I, so Is he done? He's just done. I think, I think, listen, if you're staring at Eifert in the late rounds and you need a second tight end and the bye weeks don't aren't the same, grab him because there's a chance he's going to go off. If I'm sitting in round 12 or 13 and Tyler Eifert's staring up at me at the board and he's going to be my backup tight end, I'm probably taking him. 
All right, that's fair. That's where I'm but at. But he's not going to be your number one tight end. Hells no. I mean, I take this. We've listed at least 10 or 12 names. He's at best a tight end, right, too. At quick, best. Quick follow-up. What round do you start looking at tight ends? It depends on the flow of the draft. Um, Within the top the top 10 picks or no? Depends on the flow of the draft and who's out there. If, you know... If Travis Kelsey is out there after round three or four, absolutely. But that's unusual. That's extremely unusual. If George Kittle is out there in round seven, probably. It comes down to what's value on the board. True. You know, the only thing I never take, the only, I, I, I historically always look at running backs and wide receivers with my first four picks. Um, I don't look at quarterbacks until round five at the earliest. And if I'm looking at George Kittle, or I'm trying to think of who would be sitting out there, or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I'm probably taking Kittle just because I know QB is going to be deeper. You know what I mean? I don't, if, if there's, if, if Kittle, if there's two tight ends off the board and Kittle's number three and Patrick Mahomes and I don't know even who we would say is number two, uh, Mahomes is going to be, it's going to be one of the I'll top say, three. I'll just say Bell because he's the first person I thought of. Who? Bell. Quarterback named Bell, whom I think forget. Oh, quarterback. quarterback. I thought like just picks. No, I'm just thinking in terms of in terms of like if the number three tight end at George Kittle is out there, right. and the number three quarterback oh, is out oh, there. Oh, okay. Depending on the situation, I'm probably putting more value on the tight end because the quarterbacks are so much deeper. This is true. That, there is a drop off in tight end and running back, and it's steep. Steep drop offs between with the two. I mean, really, the top tier is Kelsey and Ertz. And then, and then there's a like, and there's a drop off and there's a shelf where there's like three or four more names and then there's a huge drop off and then there's like eight or nine more names and then there's OJ Howard and it's like you, you might as well just throw well, yourself yeah. into the ocean. <laughs> so anyway, all right, let, we have used more than half our episode. We're on a time limit this week. We are. We are because we are. it's the end of the month. Um, so, really quick, I don't go get on to our our main story, which is rules. running backs yep. in new places. Yep. So a lot of the free agency and trading has been around uh, running backs. We do need to talk about the NFL rule changes, but I kind of would like a little bit of time to digest them. So I may ask us to table that till next week. Sure. Um, all sorts of running backs in different places, places they were not last year. So just going to run down a general list. Le'Veon Bell is going to be a Jet. Mark Ingram is going to be a Raven. Tevin right. Coleman is going to be a 49er. Carlos right. Hyde is going to be a Chief. Latavius Murray to the Saints. Kareem Hunt is a Brown. Mike Davis, I didn't forgot about him, uh, goes from the Seahawks to the Bears. Frank Gore is a bill. You still can't quit him, though. I, you know. You can't quit Frank Gore. I can't. I can't. I still think Still think he's got an opportunity to get. I, they're, they're, I've seen forecasts where they have him at 500. Frank Gore is not much younger than us. <laughs> no, he's not. I've seen forecasts where there's like 500 total yards because McCoy's still there, isn't he? He is, but he's going to have twice as many touchdowns. McCoy or Gore? Gore. Yeah, I could see him easily having. Um, I mean, I'm looking at a CBS article. They've got him for 75 carries, 400 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. No, he's going to have double digit touchdowns. I think. I think you can pretty much double those numbers. I think you're looking at probably eight or nine carries a game, uh, probably about 50 to 60 <clears throat> yards per game, pretty standardly. And I'll give him like 10 touchdowns. They're going to use Ooh, that's if it's, a lot. I would go seven or eight, but yeah. If there's if they're on within like the 20, 10 yard line, yeah, they're gonna use him instead of uh, Shady. Yeah. Or they may even go two back. You never know. They both they can both <laughs> catch the ball. The Saints set up a precedent in the NFL of using two running backs. So ba- yeah, back to the old remember I mean, don't forget that's that's old school football. 
when you use two different guys yep. out of the backfield. The old wishbone. I mean, don't forget, we had, uh, you know, God, I'm for, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on their names. Christian Okoye, and who was the other guy that was in the, the backfield? Nigerian Nightmare. Yeah, who was the other guy? You're the Chiefs fan. Oh, God, I know, it's terrible. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Christian Okoye and that other guy in the backfield, whatever his name was. Not Kareem Hunt. No, it wasn't. No, it was like 20 years ago. Kareem Hunt wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Maybe 25, 30 years ago. Who the hell was the other guy in the backfield with them? They had a Koye was the big bruising black that was more of a fullback style. And then they right. had a running back that would that was kind of like their thunder and lightning kind of combo. But the Giants Jamal Charles, Priest Holmes. No. Larry all, Johnson. All before that. Before that? Yep. All before that. Barry Word. That's who I'm thinking of. Barry oh, okay. Word. Thank you. <laughs> Barry Word and, and Christian Okoye. And they would they they were both effective running backs. They weren't fantasy relevant because there wasn't fantasy football really back in 1980. But all right, so anyway, back to the list. Who's gonna have the biggest impact? Everyone's saying uh, Bell has an instant Bell. impact in New York. Ingram has an instant impact in in, in Baltimore. Yeah. Who has the who has the immediate impact? Uh, mine. Just looking at it, Bell does. Depending on the shape he's in, that's the thing. If he is in playing shape, he's gonna have the most impact for the Jets. He, I don't know that he is. I don't know if he is in playing shape, but if he is in playing shape, he has the most immediate impact of any running back you know going who, to a new team. You know who we know is in playing shape is Mark Ingram. Yes, and I'm a huge Mark Ingram fan. You are. I am a Mark Ingram Not apologist. As big as Frank Gore. Yeah. Right. And the other running back, and you pointed this out pre-show, and I appreciate it, the other running back we're forgetting about is Blake Bortles. Because Blake Bortles <laughs> can play any position he wants. But I don't think he's a big impact person. Tevin Coleman going to the 49ers from Atlanta. Uh, if he can stay healthy, it helps. Can he Can he be a feature back, though? Every, look at it. Every running back for the 49ers breaks themselves at some point. <laughs> well, let's let's put it this way. Okay, so let's. I'm going down this list. Le'Veon Bell, RB1? Yes. Mark Ingram, is he an RB1 in the Ravens system? Ah. Is he a, that, and again, we're talking, that means he has to be top 10 or top fantasy, 12. right? Yes, we're talking fantasy. Is he top a top 12, 10? Yes. Top, if he's top 12, he's RB1. Yeah, top 12. Yeah, I think he is. 12. I think he's top 10. I still think he's like a top 7 or 8 running back. Um, Tevin Coleman, though. Top 12, maybe. Really? Uh, it's rough for San Francisco. Like, every running back they have breaks themselves. And he has a history of being hurt. If he stays healthy, yes. I mean, don't forget, Jarek McKinnon's there, too. Also broken. <laughs> All the time. And Matt Breida, who's broken also moment broken. to moment. See moment to mean? moment. Matt, Matt, Matt Breida, I just don't He was it. the future. Now he is not. Okay. I'm not convinced that Coleman's an, an RB1, but he might be an RB2. Carlos Hyde. Where is he now? Kansas City. Uh, I would say one. Be- hmm. He's like borderline between one and two for me. The Chiefs are going to go through some major offensive changes oh my God. this season because of stuff that's happening. So oh. if he's there and you need a second running back, definitely take him. But let's put it this way. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna jump on the Damian Williams train, which I am not. You're not. I am oh no. No no. I have I have reserved <laughs> my seat on the Joe Mixon Express. <laughs> you're driving that. I am dri- the Joe Mixon Express and um, uh, we're gonna we're, we're running on the Mark Ingram Memorial um, Highway, and we'll be stopping in David and Jokuville. But um, right. so, but if you take if you're on the J- Damian Williams Express, you got to take Carlos Hyde. You've got a handcuff, right? 
Exactly. I don't like handcuffing, but in this modern, if it's a split, it's a split scenario. Before Kamara went nuts as a rookie, everyone was saying if you get Ingram, you handcuff with Kamara, and they were right. Kamara turned out to be a fantastic commodity. And now, if you did that, you're in much better shape. Same thing, Dalvin Cook. Last week, last year, it was if you get Dalvin Cook, you got to get Latavius Murray. Yep. And they were right until they both hurt themselves in the same week. It's that's that's that, that brings us to our next person, which is Latavius Murray in the Saints. Is Latavius Murray fantasy relevant? Backing backing up slash splitting with Alvin Kamara and uh, and oh, I forgot the rest of my thought. Oh, oh is, where, where do you put him in the, the rankings? RB one, RB two, two, maybe top twenty. He's I don't a, even top know. Top twenty, maybe definitely a handcuff. I don't know how much this is gonna like. I don't know how it's gonna affect their carries. So I don't know if the Saints are going to do what they did with Kamara and Ingram or if they're going to give Ingram more, like it's going to be 80-20. Is, it's definitely not going to be 50-50. They don't like running Kamara out of the backfield. He's much more effective as a as a, a play-action pass catcher. So maybe it's 50-50. Uh, he, he can, but he doesn't He doesn't have bust-through-the-line power, in my opinion. No, he, need, he has like tackle avoidance power. Yes, He's like he's like a you're not gonna like this because I'm gonna use the expression poor man's he's a poor man's <laughs> Barry Sanders. You go ahead. Yeah, no, you, I know what you mean. I mean we saw we again we've been around Barry long enough. Sanders. We've been man. long enough long enough. I can remember watching Monday Night Football he games. He was just amazing to where watch. Barry Sanders would run a sweep and a cornerback would come up and there would be this moment in time that was a it's quarter. It's like time stopped. It was. It was a quarter <laughs> of a second where Barry Sanders stopped. And looked straight at the cornerback, and you. And if he was telepathic, what he was broadcasting was, pick a direction because whichever way you go is wrong. wrong. Yep. And then you would blink, and Barry Sanders was where the cornerback was standing a half a second ago, and the cornerback was face down on the ground somewhere that Barry Sanders wasn't, and he was gone. He's gone. Yeah. His down his downhill ex- acceleration was amazing, but he could just put those moves on people, and you know what corner that the defenses defensive like the, coordinators. It like, yeah, it was like um, it was kind of like watching a soccer goalie guess where the ball's gonna go. Yes, and you being wrong had, every time. You really just had to guess where he was gonna go, and you had to hope you were right, but you were more than likely not going to be right. Dennis Green once said, "The key to stopping Barry Sanders is to get three people on him." Yes. And, and I think one that's what it may, was. One of them may tackle him. That's it. He can't avoid every spot <laughs> is really what it was. So if you can just make him stand still for half a second and you can get help, you've got a shot. But, but if it's one-on-one, you're going to lose. I, I, I would love to see the stats on how many times he was solo tackled. I would love to see I'm it. sure that's the It's NFL somewhere. It's somewhere. But it, he was just, I mean, but Kamara is a poor, he's got good avoidance. He's got great speed. He's, he's got, got fantastic hands. hands. That's where he, so Latavius Murray is all not those things. No, he's run through people kind of thing, but he's also broken. He is, he is, <laughs> you're going to get two and a half to three and a half yards per carry. But the, 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 the defensive line, if he gets through the defensive line, which he's going to get, he's not accelerating past your secondary. No, he's going to try to go through people. Right. Your cornerbacks probably have time to get something to drink and come out and still tackle him <laughs> for only a 10-yard gain. He's not going to – I mean, he's – he's um, oh, God, what was – he's, he's the modern-day Terry Allen. I'm just going to say there it. There you go. He's got three bad knees. Okay. Uh, other people have moved. Kareem Hunt, the eight-game yeah, suspension. Uh, that's – yeah, I don't know. Nick Chubb is still there. 
draft Nick Chubb if you really need a second running back. He's an RB3, maybe would undraftable? Use, would you use Nick Ch- Wait, Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb? Hunt. Chubb, Chubb I think, is an RB1. I think <clears throat> Chubb is going to be a top 10 I mean, running back can, this year. You can draft Kareem Hunt just to keep him on the shelf and just in case, but I don't know how he's going to be when he shows up. And you know what? I don't think he's a handcuff for Chubb. I don't know what kind of position the Browns are going to be when he shows up right. either. I don't think he's a handcuff for Chubb. He's not. What he is is the stash and pray. Exactly. If you drafted Le'Veon Bell like, this year because like Sean you, did last year. Yeah, because you were certain <laughs> he was going to show up eventually, then you go ahead and draft, you know, Kareem Hunt in like round nine or ten. Yeah, but just remember if you draft him, you're missing out on a potential potential wins by someone you could have drafted. Yeah. Well, that's where it weighs in. When you're in round 10 and you're staring down Danny Amendola for your flex spot, when do you take the flyer? Ah. That's the epic question. You, uh, For me personally, I have to have a full roster before I start doing that. Maybe. I don't know. For me. For me. I don't know. I'm just saying. At some point, you have to ask yourself the question, and I don't know what the answer is. Um, Mike Davis used to be Chicago uh, is now with the Chicago bears used to be with Seattle Seahawks. I'm tired of hearing about how good Mike Davis will someday be. Um, their 2019 prediction is 50 carries, 300 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. I think that's optimistic. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I essentially now you have two Jordan Howards and that's what CBS says here too. You know, he's the same type of running back as Jordan Howard. So now instead of having complimentary backs, you've got two of the same guy and good luck with that. That's essentially what Minnesota did with cook and Murray. And it didn't work there either. Despite the fact also that they were because both cook was hurt. <laughs> yes. But besides that, I mean, bruising running backs, you can't just stock up on bruising running backs and expect that you're going to have, you know, you need, you need versatility. So, and Frank Gore is Frank Gore. Um, I, I would, Frank Gore is worth a flyer to me over Kareem Hunt and Mike Davis. Uh, I would agree with that in Buffalo because he's going to start or gonna, at least he's going to play in every game. And listen to me, folks. I don't know when it's going to be. Oh, I will try, whispering. I will try to get there before it happens. There's going to be a week this year in DFS where Frank Gore is going <laughs> to win you money. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be. It's going to happen, though. Figuring out when it's going to be is half of the fun of DFS. But last year, I used him twice. I cashed both times big. I can't quit you. Can't quit him. The year before, I used him like six times. I cashed four out of the six, basically. But still. Again, he's going to make you money. The question is, when is he going to make you money? And can you get there? That's the thing. Is that it, Again, DFS is all about those projections. Chris Herndon. I used Chris Herndon in the right week. You did? Cost me 2200 bucks. I made money that week. Yep. He was like tight end number three in DFS that week for $2,200. That is uh, good. That's fantastic. That opened up a lot of other spots. Frank Gore is going to do the same thing. We just don't what know do when. What do you think Frank Gore's average salary is going to be this year? Average salary? Yeah. Oh, you mean across DFS? Yeah. Rough uh, guess. Like, guess. 3500 He's not quite bargain basement at like the 2500 min. He's definitely not worth. Well, maybe I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna go down to three thousand. I'm gonna go three thousand. So you're gonna put it. You're gonna slap him in a flex spot. In the right week, yes. In the right week, the week he's gonna get a touchdown. If he's only gonna get two rushing touchdowns all year, I want the weeks that he gets those <laughs> rushing touchdowns because he's gonna be super cheap. He's gonna hit three x. He's gonna hit three x just off of that one carry. Yep. 
I mean, if he's going to get one carry for 15 yards and a touchdown or three carries for 15 yards and a touchdown, that's seven points. If he's under 3K, he's almost at value by that alone. Yeah, so then he only needs, what, like 20, like, no, 40 yards? Yeah. Ish. If he has three rushes for 20 yards and one catch for 10 in the DraftKings system and he rushes for a touchdown, that's nine points. <laughs> that's 9.1 points at $3,000. He's value. And if that allows me to use chalk, you're damn right I'm going to use chalk. Anyway, we have to go to final thoughts. We are. Craig, final thought. Uh, final thoughts really quick. Um, this actually has nothing to do with football, but if you have T-Mobile, right, as a cell service. Well, I don't know where this is going. Go on. Right. I'm curious. If you have T-Mobile as a cell service. Yeah. Uh, between now and April 1st, uh-huh. you can sign up for you get a free season of for the MLB app so you can watch any baseball really? game any you can watch any out of market baseball game on your um iOS device, Android device, Apple TV whatever and you can also listen to any audio for any game. Oh, I say I already get the audio through my Sirius XM. That is a $120 value that That's you should nice. take advantage of if you have T-Mobile. Absolutely, I agree which with Which I did. So um I went uh, I sort of also like the Giants. No, oh, the, the what? Yeah. The San Francisco, you're a Yankee fan. I am, but for National League, like I kind of like the Giants. Okay. Um, I bought, and my final thought will be, uh, uh, the baseball is upon us, which is nice. It's always nice. Um, I don't follow baseball nearly as closely as I follow football. The uh, I'm a Mets fan. It's, I feel like I feel like you admit that is like you're opening an AA. Hi, my name notice, is Britt. Like, you ever notice like, all the Patriot fans we know are also Mets fans? Does that like even out everything? You know, you're, you've got a point there. But <laughs> no, I know a lot of Mets fans who hate the Patriots, including myself. Right, but like the three that have been on this podcast are Mets fans and they're Patriots. Except fans. Sean, he's a Bears fan. Right, right. Most of our contributors, so actually, your, most your, of the contributors, your brother, are Mets fans. Keith, and Cinch are Mets fans. Yes, they're also Patriots. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Coincidence? Dismissed as chance. <laughs> Um, well, my point was the uh, the the Mets did a flash sale. They did five dollar tickets for any weekday games. Oh, they were doing that again. Yeah, so I, have I still bought not been to that stadium. I bought four tickets. Well, I wish I'd known because I would have invited you to this before I gave away all the tickets. I bought four tickets for a game on the week of my birthday because I take that week off. There's a, right. a getaway day game on a Thursday afternoon, and uh, my wife is like, "Are you excited to go back to City Field? Because we didn't go last year at all." And I said, "Eh." <laughs> And she goes, but it's your team. And I went, yeah. but it's the Mets. And she goes, Britt, it's early in the season. They're yeah. usually they're usually not out of it for at least a month or two. I went, Christy, by the time we go there, it will be two months into the season. <laughs> We're going like the twenty third of May. They'll have yeah. like they'll have seven weeks of baseball in. They could very well be out of oh. it, and half their roster could be on the disabled <laughs> it's like that, list. It's like that Simpsons episode where. Hank Scorpio sends Homer the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> no, he sends him the, the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. He, he wanted, wanted the, he Dallas, wanted Cowboys. the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I don't understand why it's a bad thing. You don't understand football, Marge. <laughs> so, so yeah, go enjoy baseball. Keep an eye on football. The draft is right around the yes, corner. It is coming. Up uh, the NFL draft will be here, and then we'll be talking all sorts of analysis. We are going to try and drag Armel Kuyper back into the studio. My brother Adam. He is a big college guy when it comes to football, but his schedule is horrendous. Getting him down here to broadcast with us is like pulling teeth. It is. So we will do our best. We'll get the Skype thing going by then. 
Yeah, you know, we happens. keep talking about doing that. We just we, haven't done it. We just haven't done it. We haven't tested it. We've got the equipment available. It's not like we can't do it. We just, we're so lazy. <laughs> we're, we're, we're an amateur podcast. We get together once a week to watch football, talk football, things of that nature. But, you, you know, I don't know. Anyway. We'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, uh, FignutsDFS on Twitter, FignutsDFS at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Send us an email. Talk to us, people. We're here. We're still here all season, off season long. Um, and uh, we will see you next week. Until then, I am Britt. I'm Craig. We are the Football Fignuts Podcast. <laughs>